Welcome to Out and About, a new show here on WNHH, where I'll discuss transgender issues in the news. I'm Melissa Lukes. Thanks for joining me. Our first item is from the state of Texas. A room of educators from various North Texas school districts recently attended an information session entitled, Welcome Back to School, the Reality for Transgender Students. Transgender issues have dominated headlines recently, in particular for students. That leaves educators scrambling for information on the best way to help those students. In Collin County, Texas, educators attended a session on what it means to be transgender, and many of the attendees were actually school counselors themselves. More than 75% of transgender students report feeling unsafe in school, said Leslie McMurray as she talked to the attendees. McMurray ran through some other facts, including a statistic that more than 63% of transgender students say they avoid using public restrooms because of fear of harassment and assault. McMurray is transgender herself. She's a trans woman. She explains that means she is a woman, despite the male anatomy she was born with. Jean Rubin is president of the North Texas and Lesbian, uh, North Texas Gay and Lesbian Alliance, and she said, quote, Nobody else is doing this. I think this is probably among the first of its kind in northern Texas for educators. Lots of them who have questions, probably about transgender students, but there was nobody to give any answers. Other speakers at the conference included a doctor, some attorneys, and a parent of a transgender student. My next story is about the use of gender pronouns. The first day of class usually comes with numerous stressors for college students. But Stanford University is trying to ensure that for its non-binary and gender non-conforming students, anxiety over having to correct professors about their pronouns is not one of them. According to the Washington Post, this fall, the university will use a new program called Name Coach that allows students to record their names and pronouns for faculty and staff. Though the service was developed by Stanford graduate students, mostly for name pronunciation problems, University administration saw an opportunity to support students who've had their pronouns misused and abused. University Registrar Tom Black stated, We want to encourage a culture of respect on campus, and one of the best ways to convey respect to someone is to get their name right and to get their pronouns right too. The University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee explains the importance of respecting people's gender pronouns. It is a privilege not to have to worry about which pronoun someone is going to use for you based upon how they perceive your gender. If you have this privilege, yet fail to respect someone else's gender identity, it is not only disrespectful and hurtful, but also oppressive. An Augusta, Georgia judge who earlier this year said allowing a transgender man to change his name might offend the, quote, sensibilities and mores of Georgians has rejected a second request from a trans person. And like the last time, Lambda Legal fired back at Superior Court Judge J. David Roper by appealing his decision to the Georgia Court of Appeals. Lambda said it took Roper just nine minutes during a June 2nd hearing to deny a name change request from Andrew Beaumont, a 21-year-old transgender man from Augusta. Also in June, Lambda appealed Roper's decision in the case of Rowan Feldhaus, Quote, the court should not be allowed to double down on discrimination and deny other transgender people the right to change their name. 
That was said by Beth Lindrell, a senior attorney in Lambda Legal Southern Office in Atlanta. When Andrew, Rowan, and so many other transgender people go to court to change their legal name, it's an important step towards validating who they are. There are only a few exceptions that allow a court to deny someone the right to change their name. Being transgender is not one of those exceptions. Finally, let's talk about a very interesting story about transgender people's experiences at work. Kiernan Grantham Crum is starting college this fall at UC Berkeley to study programming with the goal of one day landing a job in Silicon Valley. Like many, the new high school grad is nervous about building skills coveted by the tech industry. Her hope is, as long as you write good software code, as long as you make good hardware, it doesn't really matter who your partner is or what you identify as, said Graham Crumb, 17, who identifies as a transgender pansexual. She belongs to an increasingly viable, though still small group in the tech industry, who identify as trans women, trans men, genderqueer, non-binary, and intersex. The tech industry has a track record of leading the way in gay rights, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area. Some transgender workers in technology say they find the industry's flexibility about appearance and sexual orientation welcoming, yet they confront disparity in treatment and pay, according to a recent survey and interviews that were conducted. Their experiences can still be marginalized in the broader gay rights conversations. There's this fear that we are just going to get rejected for who we are all the time, and we are kind of treading on eggshells, making sure we are treated well said Jessica Janiuk, a transgender woman and software developer for a Norwalk, Connecticut business service company. In a survey of over 600 tech workers in the U.S. who identified as transgender, genderqueer, non-binary, and intersex, on average those polled made less than the average salary for tech workers of $96,000. 57% of respondents reported making less than $76,000, with 22% making less than $20,000. This was according to that online survey taken between December 2015 and February of this year. Sharing this data is super important because we want to empower trans people to advocate for themselves in the negotiation process, said Courtney Ziegler, founder of the transgender site that conducted the survey. Janiak, the software developer, said she did not negotiate a higher salary when she started in technology because she was afraid the company would rescind its offer. After she got past the hiring stage, except for one instance when a colleague deliberately misgendered her, she said she has largely been accepted by her co-workers. The industry, slow to shift from a culture that's resulted in a largely white male workforce, has historically struggled with the treatment of transgender employees, said Richard Gregory Johnson, professor of public policy at the University of San Francisco. The experience of Lynn Conway has acted as a warning for all transgender tech workers. The pioneer in microelectronics was fired from IBM in 1968 after making it clear she planned to transition from male to female. The decision to fire her, she told USA Today, came from IBM top management. In a recent statement, IBM noted its current workforce diversity policy protects workers against discrimination including gender identity and sexual orientation. Its health benefits have covered sex reassignment surgery in the U.S. for over a decade. Much has changed, says Amy Hackenberger, a product manager at Yahoo and a trans woman, 
She began transitioning at the end of April and said she had not reached the state where she passes or fully appears as a biological woman. Hackenberger said at first she was scared to use the women's bathroom at work due to fear of being ostracized or hurt, but the women at work were friendly or unmindful of her in the bathroom. I'm grateful to work in an industry where I get to forget I'm transitioning every day, because hopefully I'll pass eventually and I'll get to that state, but it's nice to know now where no one has worked now, where no one is snarky, no one is rude, and certainly not harassing me. Before I end today's show, I would like to add that in my opinion, although passing is important to Hackenberger, that may not always be the case for all transgender people. Well, that's all I have time for today. I'll be back soon with more news about transgender issues. If you'd like to contact me or have news items you'd like for me to discuss here on Out and About, feel free to email me at wnhhmelissa at yahoo.com. I'll also be starting a new talk show soon about things going on in our area and about LGBT issues in general. If you have suggestions for that show, also please let me know. Once again, my email address is wnhhmelissa at yahoo.com. This is Melissa Lukes. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you again really soon.